Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Well, hello again on this lovely Saturday. And I'm sure busy for everybody as our weekends are in the Northwest. Yes, and as we get further and further into fall and the days getting shorter, I've already had to set up in my home. I, I don't know what you do to kind of offset or like... Um, kind of reset yourself for mm-hmm. the different swing and you know how much daylight and stuff we have yeah uh, I was talking to one one of my friends and uh, because I you know I usually am up you know fairly early mm-hmm. right you yeah. know we're both busy folks and I got a morning routine that I do but I find this time of year that my body immediately is trying to go into hibernation mode <laughs> it's true and and so it wants to start sleeping in later because the sun's coming up at That's a later right. time right it's much easier to get up when the sun's shining through yes. the windows yeah when we have our summers and it's 4 30 and the birds are out there you know harassing you that's one mm-hmm. thing but when it's seven o'clock almost you know before you really see a lot you know you just got a little bit of dawn happening like for me i i have gotten in the habit i don't suffer from sad mm-hmm. but you know our natural circadian rhythms like kind of kick in right and so i this is one of the things that's really handy having all the staging equipment around my house. Yeah. I have all these timers for oh, lamps. Yeah. So I I set up oh, a yeah. lamp in my room that pops on at a certain time. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah, just a little tip cuz I mean otherwise, yeah. you know, if I just have the lights off and cuz oh, you yeah, can't no, sleep no. like that, right? No. But for me, it like just helps with the whole waking you well, know, process. I like to have the windows open, and especially mm-hmm. if it's raining, the oh, sound yeah. of that rain, I could just. Oh, oh yeah, it's so relaxing. Yeah, super relaxing. Yeah, but yeah. you know what we're going to be talking about today isn't mm. always necessarily relaxing. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, listeners, we're going to be talking condos, 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 and HOAs, homeowners associations. That's right. Which can stress some people out. That's just a little bit, yeah, and PUDs. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're they all kind of fit into the same category yes. where you have some sort of an a, a person who has the most power that they've ever had in their <laughs> lives, you know, running this organization. It's not always telling you how it has how long potential. your grass can be or, or <laughs> what color your your siding can be. Well, yes. I mean there's yes, there's a lot of things around it. And you know, you and I was we were discussing putting uh it's not uh just this show, but next week's show. Mm-hmm. Is gonna, yeah. you know, because there's, are, you were asking me, you're like, oh, do we have enough to cover? And I'm like, yeah, we <laughs> well, have more than enough for two shows just on these topics. Well, we could spend one show just giving horror stories, you know, about things that didn't go right. There's yeah. also lots of stories of things that do go right. So, right. Well, I mean, this is gonna be we'll very informational. Well, as you know, a lot of the shows, once they go into podcast, I I use them as training tools and educational content mm-hmm. for our clients. Sure. Right? I mean that's one of the things Likewise, that's really, yeah, really super absolutely. you know, about doing this program for the last oh my gosh, I can't believe we've actually hit our six year anniversary. Um yeah. but you know, it's um it it's useful to be able to go back to these shows and then send them out to someone and say, Hey, you're thinking, you know, like you're trying to decide between single family, townhouses, condos. Well, here's here's some content and material that can help you really understand yeah, what you're going to get into. That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's very... Um, There's a lot to know. Yes, and, and there is And sometimes the decision, you know, somebody's trying to buy their, especially their first home. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, 
I can't afford the one I really, mm-hmm. really want, but I can buy a condo. I can buy a townhome. Right. And, uh, and they and often come in with an HOA. That's right. And, and a townhome is a good example. You look at one from the outside and maybe they all look the same, but there can be one that's a townhome organized, which means you own mm-hmm. everything up to the walls and you're on your own. There's no homeowners association. And then the you know, one a block away looks identical, but it's a condo. Right. And there's a homeowners association and you're paying HOA dues mm-hmm. and and that includes, you know, different amenities, you know, typically water, sewer, garbage, maybe mm-hmm. cable, uh, maybe some yeah. insurance, you know. So, you know, they, they look the same from the outside, but they're completely different Absolutely. in their cost and also how they're legally structured. Right. And then what laws apply to them. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because there's a whole school around, you know, condominium law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So sure. a townhouse that doesn't have an HOA, but yet has CCNRs assigned to it, which is conditions, covenants, and restrictions on the title, mm-hmm. is very, very different mm-hmm. than a condominium project. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But you know what? You said a little phrase in there that I want to make sure. Which we one? Let... The good, the bad, and the ugly? No. For your first time buyer. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because? Because we have class coming up. <gasps> We're going to get some class. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and people we, said we have no class. I know. We haven't been classy for a while. We absolutely have class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So coming up, uh, we have a two-hour uh, first-time home buyer class. Well, really not even just for first-time home buyers. I mean, Any if, buyer. If, if, yeah, if you're just if you haven't bought in a while. Try, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've said this before. We're averaging mm-hmm. around 120 loan rule changes every month. Oh, yes. And the industry is constantly changing. The market mm-hmm. is constantly That's changing. That's been going on for over 10 years. <laughs> yeah, this week was no exception. You yeah, lots and lots more going on. But uh, mark your calendars. October mm-hmm. 21st, that's a Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. We will have a virtual first-time homebuyer class. It'll mm-hmm. be a Zoom one. You can you can sign in, Yep. you know, sit back, uh, enjoy a beverage while you're listening to us give you information that's going to uh, guarantee it's going to be useful and helpful for you. Not just, um, you know, what's going on, updates on the market, updates mm-hmm. on talking about credit, talking about qualifying, talking about the best strategies to make a winning offer when you're yes. competing against 27 other people for that yes. same home. You know, so we'll be hitting all if of those If indeed that's the case. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah. market's always changing. So as we do this class, we'll be talking about mm-hmm. what areas are hot, which ones might be, you know, opportunities and right. uh, go from there. Is there going to be a bubble? You know, maybe we'll talk about that. We probably will. <laughs> we probably will. Yes. Yeah. And we're not going to give that all away. Oh, no. Even though we talk about it on the show all the time. But Absolutely. still, <laughs> it's still. That's right. But this will give people opportunity to bring some of their personalized questions also Mm -hmm. into that kind of an environment because we'll go through all the content and material, give people a and a session where they can ask those kinds of things. And then, of course, they can always follow up with uh, individual meetings with Mm -hmm. us if they prefer. Yep, absolutely. I love it. We've had, you know, clients that have taken that class in the past Mm -hmm. and they come back. Oh, loads of them. I learned so much. We've had people who've bought homes before Mm -hmm. and parents of students in the class who yeah. come in and said, I learned a lot and I've owned numerous homes. Right. So yeah. That's no, what we always like. Yeah. yeah. I'm always, yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I feel as, you know, this industry continues to move towards make it easy, you mm-hmm. know, like push the easy button, click the show here, you know, kind right. of buttons. Yeah. 
you know, there really is something to be said for the people who really know the industry Mm -hmm. and who can navigate around difficult issues. One of those is going to be something I'm going to be talking about on the show today Mm -hmm. of me working to get somebody's earnest money back. Oh, yikes. Yeah. And not an insignificant amount, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to talk about, you know, as part of the thing with condos and HOAs, like what are the things within a contract that you would typically see Mm -hmm. and how they either protect you or how you can do certain research and be able to, you know, waive certain elements and what, what it means to do those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so like the value, I was talking about this with my team, um, you know, in our last Monday meeting, because, we had a. Do you mind if I just jump into this no, situation? No, let's go for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll we'll remind people about the class at the end of the show, but we had a situation where I've been working with a client since March, and this client specifically contacted me because he'd seen me sell to a mutual client of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I'm trying to get him to be able to do a refi with you, so there's some s- certain situations, but he was originally while well, speaking of the easy button not working. <laughs> He was working with one of those online lenders okay. originally. Yeah. And the week of closing, buying a $1.3 million condo, mm-hmm. was told he couldn't do the qualifying because of the way some of his taxes were set up. Because he had multiple, he had a business of his own, plus he was a W 2 employee. Oh, boy. So he had to scramble. And thank goodness he had $1.3 million available to him. But you know, we went through that. So, you know, that closed in January of this year. Mm -hmm. March comes and I get an email through the REMAX system. This gentleman saying, Hey, I've been looking at this building and I am, uh, have been watching it for a year. You're the last agent to close a transaction there. It looks like you did a very good job for your client. Uh, cause I did, I got a hundred thousand dollars off that Mm, property also. Right. And so anyway, he wanted to potentially work with me. So he interviewed me and several other agents. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, out of four or five other agents, he said I was head and shoulders above the others in terms of responsiveness, answers to questions, ease of conversation, you know, all the things, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was totally going to fit, you know, what he was looking for. probably. Uh, I actually technically was because uh, I met one of these agents <laughs> when he came into town and we went on our first tour. One of the women that he actually interviewed was the listing agent oh. of the very first place we went to see. Oh, no. And she didn't recognize him <laughs> and kept telling him what a great agent I was, Oh no! <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, later on that day when I was asking him about my competition, he was like, uh, well, oddly enough, well, remember that first lady? Highly of you. Yeah. <laughs> I know I couldn't have, I could have had a, a more, um, uh, tickled moment uh, for me of, <laughs> of comparison there. But, um, so anyway, Time goes by and we finally get a unit because he's decided he's really narrowed down to one stack. We've looked at lots and lots of buildings. Yeah. Well, because he's been looking at this building for so long and we actually had gone back and forth on a couple of other offers, he's had plenty of time to read through a lot of documentation, right? So sure. when you're buying a condo, usually what happens is once you're under contract, mm-hmm. there's a resale certificate along with a whole slew of other additional documents that come with that. Which if you printed them would be... 150 couple, to 250 pages long. Yeah, or more. I've seen yeah. like oh, three-wing binders. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've 
I've read through those things numerous times over the years, right? But um, I'm going to have to get back to more of this. Uh, because we're already going into a break. That's See, right. you were like, are we going to have enough content? I went, yeah, yeah. We can't even get through the first story in the first segment. So, listeners, we will be right back with the rest of that story after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. Sunday 3 to 4. And always on podcasts. Yes, always. Just look up Open House with Team Reba. Yes, and we also, as we've been saying, have a Facebook page where mm-hmm. we're starting to put even more. So what's great on the Facebook page is we have more than just content from the show. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other articles and statistics and you know information about what's going on nationally and locally yeah. that is really, really relevant to all the topics that we cover. Oh, for sure. I should actually be posting some of the memes I send you oh regarding my, the mortgage industry. Oh my gosh. You know what? Actually, that would be probably kind of fun for yeah. some of our listeners to, we'll, to get a chance we'll to start see. Getting some, some of, of them, um, you might have to blur out some yeah, of Yeah, a couple of the little bit of the language. <laughs> yeah. There, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going back through some of our messages actually <laughs> earlier today and I was like, oh, this one that shows the coffee cup, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. don't trust a mortgage, a lender who <laughs> doesn't drink coffee and doesn't say certain words a lot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and a whole bunch much. of other things. Oh my gosh! Yep. There's uh, or the yeah. There's there's a bunch of very funny industry jokes that are out there. Oh, but yeah. um, yep. Yep. but yep. Uh, on the I like though. I got to tell you though. What these cable TV shows? You know the oh, flip no. this house or oh. buy this and that. There's so many memes joking about that. It's like. Um, Yes, I'm a self-employed, um, you know, archaeologist, and my husband breeds salamanders. Our budget <laughs> is three point five million. <laughs> well, the one that got me was you sent me that video clip of the young woman who's crying, right? And she's like, "No, that's I'm after thinking- that. That um, what only only friends the basically the inappropriate content site. I have was, no idea what that was is. shutting down." Where these huh? these girls uh, go on that site, you subscribe to it, and they do various things, you know, on video. And uh, okay, I have and no so idea what you're It was like about. this huge thing. Okay, and uh, and so you know that that site was going to shut shut down any explicit content. So then a lot of people were thinking, oh my gosh, now I just got to go back to be you know a, a hostess or Normal. a server or a bartender or whatever. And that was that girl was. Crying oh because the only that her page was getting, you know, restricted, um, you know, no more explicit content. So she was going to lose all Joy. her income. Oh, and, um, I and so, so then am she's like, even oh, more just I, I can't do my explicit content anymore. I guess I'll just become a realtor. <laughs> well, she didn't say that. She's like, I. Is this what you do when all your hopes and dreams have been exploded? Exactly. You know, like, and I'm just like, exactly. I showed it to my whole team. I had no idea what this was from, but all all I saw was her with the clip of, like, <laughs> this is the kitchen. Like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about becoming a real estate agent. Isn't that where you go when all your hopes and dreams have been trod on? And then, like, can you imagine me as a real estate agent? <laughs> Welcome, come on in. Here's the kitchen. Here's. The bathroom. 
You want to buy it? Can you see? Yeah. You want to buy it? Yeah. And I just thought, well, she could go work for Redfin. Well, you ooh. know? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but well, I've that seen that. <laughs> I've seen that happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, if we're going to talk about the value of somebody, you know, yeah. the conversations we're going to have on the well, show you don't have with somebody who works there. Well, true story. I have an employee who is actually dealing with um, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that company R. possibly mm-hmm. and uh, went to look at a house mm-hmm. and the person opened the door and let her in and then just played on his phone the whole time. Didn't answer any questions and walk around the house, just sat there and, you know, did some some texting or whatever. And that was it. So then at the very end, so you want to buy it? <laughs> Get what you pay for. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's the whole thing is he's not even the guy who's going to write the contract. No, it'll Isn't be that... somebody downtown. But yeah. see, yeah, that's, but that's the danger. Mm-hmm. How many times have I talked somebody out of a house? Mm-hmm. Right? right? Because I'll go there. That's actually where I saw my first big R comparison was years ago mm-hmm. with clients looking at a townhouse up in the Issaquah Highlands mm-hmm. that was built in, you know, like the mid 2000s. And we walked through the whole house. They fell in love with the kitchen. You know, mm-hmm. it was beautiful inside, but something something just like didn't sit right with me as I approached the property. Mm-hmm. And then when we went out back, that's when we saw mushrooms growing on all of the wood trim, mm-hmm. second and first floor. Yeah, you got failed LP siding there most likely. It wasn't LP siding, but basically it meant that there was probably a flashing problem mm-hmm. with the way the installation was done. Mm-hmm. And so you could see that it was doing something to the back of the siding. Mm. It wasn't LP because it was a hardy plank style, oh, okay. but it, you could see it. And the thing is, this is attached to another unit, right? It's a townhouse. Yeah. So I'm sitting there having a conversation with my clients about like, please don't buy this because it was a busy market like it is now. Mm-hmm. And I said, please don't buy this. They want people to waive inspections on this. And this house is going to have a big problem. Mm-hmm. It does have it's a big expensive. problem. Yeah, that's expensive. And, and then we were mm-hmm. inside talking about it. Because I said, you don't know what your neighbor has for money, and this is probably beyond the builder's you know, warranty period, mm-hmm. right? So then we ended up inside, and we're talking about it, and I'm discussing with them what the issues are and what the potential future costs could be and the biggest concerns I have. And one of these big R people comes wandering through, and she's just like that girl on that video. <laughs> Here's the kitchen. And I'm like, they have eyeballs. <laughs> and then we watched them as they went into the back. And then she was like, and here's where your children can play. And my clients were watching to see what would happen as they all turned back to look at the back of the building. Didn't bat an eye. And then they went inside and they went upstairs and then out the door they went. And my clients were like, they didn't see Wow. <laughs> Night and day. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, well, I know. So experience matters. Okay, and, so- and that's the thing is a lot of those showing agents aren't conveying what they see in person to the person who writes the offer who's sitting in the office. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It can be problematic. Right. Well, it's it's like you've said many times when you know when you take clients out to a home, the clients are looking at the light and the mm-hmm. kitchen and the layout and everything, and you're looking up 
at the ceiling, mm-hmm. you're looking down at the yep. floors. You're I make them for look sign. horizontally, and I'm looking circular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I do the same thing. I can't mm-hmm. go buy a house without checking out the gutters and checking this and checking absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm looking at the fascia boards. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to see if there's been any penetration by rodents or for birds sure. and all kinds of things. Yep. And granted, I'm not licensed to be a home inspector, but I can usually pick out about 85% mm-hmm. of what they find. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just yeah. because experience. Right. I literally have looked at tens of thousands of homes. Right. Right. right? So in, in, the, in the case of, of, of a condo mm-hmm. or where there's an HOA, mm-hmm. uh, the condominium, like a condo especially, the condo is responsible for the maintenance of the envelope of the home. Yes, the, the exterior. Roof, the side and the exterior, basically yeah. everything outside the sheetrock. Right. So in that case, if you have a failure of that sort, mm-hmm. it's not going to just impact your unit. It's going to impact the entire project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and is there enough money set aside to make those repairs? Right. Well, so let me get into the rest of my story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 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 So, cause that's part of some of the stuff that came up. So my client having looked at this building for a very long time, had read the entire resale certificate and seen some updates over that period of time. Mm-hmm. So we're under contract. He went ahead and waived the resale cert. He waived an inspection because he was very familiar with the building, Mm -hmm. right? But here's what got interesting. Right as we were getting into contract and he had a particular other large lender, um, the HOA filed a lawsuit Hmm. because it falls under condominium law. Mm -hmm. And if you went and looked back in all of the resale cert documents, including the meeting minutes of the board yeah. and the association, you would have seen that this building has been in negotiations for a very long time with the developer. And it's not so much that it broke down. It's just that in condominium law, we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, condominium law is its own special sector of real estate law. And part of that is that there is a window of time that an HOA has to file a lawsuit against a developer Mm -hmm. for construction defects. And so the HOA has been talking about it because of this issue, but so that they would not lose the ability to make a claim, Mm -hmm. they went ahead and filed. Yes, And what that meant, and you know this, Tons of lenders suddenly went. Stop. That's right. Including this client's lender and went, oh, no can do. I'm out. Yep. Not going to do it. Which meant everyone currently trying to sell their units in this complex is going, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> there was probably a collective sigh on everybody because condos, as we talked about, this is a downtown Seattle condo. They had been impacted by COVID for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And now things had started picking back up again. Yep. Right. And so now they're like, oh, not again. Something yeah. else. Because now a lot of smaller lenders. So I'll give credit to a small local bank who says, yep, we'll go ahead and still, you know, take that as a portfolio loan, but it's got to have a large, you know, 20% or more down payment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so we were working with that organization and things were moving along mm-hmm. and my cl- our client's super happy. Here's what he didn't see coming because mm-hmm. he had all these protections normally that he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I like the building. Got to do it. Right. What he didn't see coming was his sister deciding. She's small. Um, no. What uh, she decided it was his turn to take care of mom. 
Oh, wow. So we had a conversation about it. He was like, I can't believe this just happened. And I said, well, it, I, I do believe it happened because mm-hmm. in family dynamics, you've got you know two middle-aged individuals who one is going to start trying this you know new mm-hmm. lifestyle and the other one who's got something going on with her husband who's just retired is like, hey, oh, no, wait, that's a competing interest. Mm-hmm. And mom has just become less mobile mm-hmm. and is going to need more and more care. So fear kicks in yep, and she's afraid, oh no, I'm about to get, you know, caught in this loop, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you and I both had to deal with family situations where, right. you know, you have to spend a lot of time with a loved one when, they're, when their health's declining. Mm-hmm. And so we saw that happen. I'm in the process of um, getting the VAT, because that was the thing is his earnest money was not inconsequential. It was $30,000 mm-hmm. and we're going to get the vast majority of it back. And that is partly because, not because we're flaunting something, but that is where like in in our world, advocacy is really important and experience. And the relationship building that I did with that other agent and their client is that they're willing because they found another buyer right away. Mm. And so they're going to be open and willing to let us work through that with them, which is really key to know. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and we are talking condos, 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 condos. <laughs> That's right. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to talk about the ugly a little bit here. Oh, there's a lot of ugly. Yeah. We, okay. Yeah. So our politicians want affordable housing. Mm-hmm. We all want affordable housing. Affordable yes. housing is good for the community. It's good mm-hmm. for the area. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there, there's it, it benefits you know, tremendously. Mm-hmm. So one of the most affordable types of housing to provide would be condominiums, condos. right? Mm-hmm. So why aren't there more condos being built? Ah, uh, yes, this mm. is the issue. Right. So part of it in the industry, so I'm, I've mentioned on some prior shows that I'm currently on the East King Chamber Coalition for Housing. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this because we continue to have an issue with getting insurance for the condominium developers. Right. They have to carry insurance to protect themselves against costly lawsuits. Their mm-hmm. Washington state has a, a condo warranty law that mm-hmm. is extremely restrictive, yeah. you know, to protect, um, you know, an, an owner against um, construction defects, real mm-hmm. or imagined. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we do see that a lot because there are, roving packs of lawyers going around mm-hmm. um, and making presentations to homeowners associations mm-hmm. saying, even if there's nothing wrong with your project now, you need to sue uh, the developer because that puts the stake in the ground and, and that mm-hmm. way you're, you're, you're going to... And they uh, have to meet a statute of limitations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is what I was just describing with my other client, right? Exactly. right? Like that kicked in and that's why he was kind of going, wait a minute, why are all the banks saying no? Like... Mm-hmm. They've lended on this building recently, and those board meeting minutes have been there the whole time. But mm-hmm. I think the difference, too, though, is what a bank looks at, I think, is slightly different than what you as the individual mm-hmm. homeowner get a chance to look at. Because, I mean, you get to see that like, you guys have to do a request for your resale certificate version, right? And what's in that? It's it's similar. No, it's, is it's, it? Do it's, you get to see the board meeting minutes? We, we normally 
don't request it. Sometimes they're included, sometimes they aren't. But right, one of but the, see, that's part of it is like well, they may or may not have been looking at those. Right, but there's a questionnaire that we have for yes. the homeowners association or whoever the property manager mm-hmm. is and asking, are there any pending lawsuits, pending litigation? Right, and, and see, that's a, that's a very specific question. It is. That's not... Are you considering filing? Exactly. And that's what I was trying to tell my client. I was like, just because the board meeting minutes say that they were considering it and this conversation was happening, mm-hmm. that does not mean that the lender knew it was going to happen. Correct. Yeah, we wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. Nor, nor could we even really act on that. We have to act on mm-hmm. fact, not, not exactly. discussion. Exactly. So, and, and the, the problem, and I'll just kind of some of this, this, thought though on the on the the insurance that a developer mm-hmm. has to carry the cost of it is roughly the same regardless of the price of the condo unit right so as a consequence the, so the, no affordable housing no affordable housing yeah well because you know that particular project i'm talking about those are high-rise very expensive lots of amenities mm-hmm. they're not you know they're not the affordable housing right at yeah. all yeah right a studio seven hundred thousand dollars right so, so this insurance, that's why the, most of the new construction condos you see are these big mm-hmm. mega high rises. They're right. also being built by extremely well capitalized, most likely Fortune 500 exactly. type companies. Yes. Well, and so what we're seeing, like when everyone's going, but what are all those other high rises I keep seeing go in? Well, they're apartment they're buildings. And that falls under a completely different set of rules. It, they are in an apartment gives a much better return on investment mm-hmm. relative to the risk. Exactly. And for that reason. Although most of the apartments being built um, could fairly easily be converted to condos at some yes. point in the future, maybe and, and, past that statute of limitations. And that's part of what we anticipate because a mm. lot of those just came online over the last several years. Right. Mm-hmm. right? So that also is you know the potential of could it impact what the price points are, mm-hmm. you know, if there's suddenly a glut of like, because remember you and I were talking about this when we had, uh, what were the new permits, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. 10 to 12,000 units coming online. Right. That's a lot of condo units right. in a concentrated again, area. Still not going to be affordable. No, no, most likely not. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of those buildings have very high end amenities, mm-hmm. you know, they just really weren't, weren't made for that they were they were targeting a very specific demographic audience even though they couldn't say that's what they were doing Mm -hmm. just by price point they certainly excluded a number of people and then the other thing because we talked about this a few years ago um smaller neighborhoods you know outlying neighborhoods and when i say that i'm talking about even just places like ballard Mm -hmm. right um small mid-rise buildings like what you're saying like Mm -hmm. the cost per unit it got cost prohibitive Mm -hmm. for anyone to do those as condominium projects and so they just said i no can do so we'll either pass or we'll start converting to other types of construction Mm -hmm. so we're still struggling with that um if you want to hear like some of the alternatives sometimes to condominiums go back and listen to our show about dadus the detached accessory dwelling units Mm -hmm. we've got a couple of shows around that Mm -hmm. Um, because that's one of the alternatives for affordable housing. Right. Uh, most of which also not inside of homeowners associations. Correct. Um, okay. So going back to this, mm-hmm. you know, homeowners associations, what's out there. So the things that I was starting to describe that normally would be the protections for somebody as you go into contract for one of these resale certificates, mm-hmm. right? So the stuff that ends up being inside of that resale cert 
is a list of documents. Yes, it's a lot. And as I was on the way here, I was talking with one of my clients and she had a bunch of questions. And now I cannot answer all of them for her. Like I really can't interpret the language or any of that. I'm not Mm -hmm. an attorney. I'm not in condo law. Um, I will mention there is a woman out there with a great book called the condo owners answer book. And she has some online stuff too. a woman named Beth Grimm is an, a, a condo attorney. Now she's in, she's in California, but she writes online a lot about condo issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was talking about with my client was like, we were going through the list of documents she's reviewing. So we had discussed the fact that the HOA dues where she's buying are a little bit elevated more so than some of the other ones that we've seen. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, why? And I said, as you've been going through the documents, are you looking at the budget? Are you looking at those board meeting minutes? Mm-hmm. Do they have a reserve study? Good. Yeah. And so the re- do you want to describe a reserve study for our listeners? Sure. That's part of Washington state law now for condos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Since the larger 2012. Ones, certain sizes um, that um, every 10 years, I believe it is, they must do a reserve study. I think it's I think 10. it's three. Was oh, it three now? I think it's three. Projects. Well, basically they're I looking. I could be wrong. Okay. But, we'll double check that. Yeah. But, uh, they're going to check the the budget for the homeowners association to make sure they are setting aside appropriate amounts for maintenance, for updates, for upgrades, anything that needs to mm-hmm. be done. Uh, and um, if if they are not collecting enough in reserves, they'll give recommendations to the HOA to increase the homeowners association dues and or possibly add special assessments. Right. And so that, okay. Yeah, it is every three years. I'm looking okay, it up. Three years. Okay. Um, yay, I was right. <laughs> um, so that, again, I was discussing that with my client because I said, here's the thing. If you, if we were to go back and look at some of the historical sales there, mm-hmm. we'd be able to see when they kind of bumped up. Cause she did say that yes, in some of the notes they had talked about the, the raising of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in 2012 when they made this new law, uh, I had a client living in Four West over on Queen Anne, and it was their first time they were, they had to vote because to mm-hmm. do a reserve study was going to cost a certain amount of money. Yeah, now, it broke down to only like, I can't remember right off the top of my head, it was like somewhere between $400 and $800 per unit mm-hmm. to have this thing done. And she was like, I'm not doing that. And, ah, and she was all ticked off. And I was like, you're about to sell this place, right? And she goes, yeah. I go, you're going to have to have it in place because what does a lender decide or have a right to decide if someone doesn't have that reserve study in place? Well, we can deny the loan. Yeah, you can choose not to loan right. on it because it's a risk factor, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so I told her that. I said, if your building votes against this, First of all, you're going to start having a problem because it's a new law, mm-hmm. right? So you need to go talk to somebody who's knowledgeable about it and have your HOA talk to a condo lawyer or something. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, if you can't get lending on it, it's going to be hard to sell. Mm-hmm. And if your goal is to sell, then you should vote for it right. because what it's going to do is help set the budget going forward. And this is a person who'd worked on Wall Street. Interesting. So it was kind of like, hey... You want to have financial, you know, literacy and understanding, and and to do things correctly, then you should help the building do that. I don't that. understand why anybody wouldn't want to do that if 
I mean, basically, she just saw dollar signs. She I wasn't know. paying attention. She was like, oh, oh my gosh, it's $30,000. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa right. let's get into the details instead of just having a conniption. Well, if you're going to own something long term, it's going to need maintenance. Right. And, and why not just set up a savings account for that maintenance? Exactly. That's what the reserve study does. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I actually like the idea of condos, because every time I sell a house, I'm talking, you know, what is the... What's one of the number one fears that people have when they're buying property? Mm-hmm. What's, that the cost of ownership and maintenance is going to overwhelm you. Exactly. And what's one of the things that a lot of people don't set aside? Budget for long-term maintenance. And that's why they're always borrowing against their house when they finally need a new roof. That's one of my memes I, I read. The lady says... Uh, when I hear noises at night, I'm hoping it's a ghost because I can't afford to fix something if it's breaking. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's just one of those um, concerns. I always tell people, they're like, I don't want to be part of an HOA. I don't want to have that money go nowhere. And I'm like, okay, first of all, mm-hmm. your HOA dues often cover quite a bit. They do. They're covering... Uh, in many cases, water, sewer, and garbage. Mm-hmm. Not always, but many times. Mm-hmm. They're covering exterior insurance. Mm-hmm. Often they're covering earthquake insurance, which is a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. Many times interior insurance as well. So Yeah. And then they might have, uh, in some cases, it might be other utilities and or cable. Mm-hmm. In some buildings, you see that. Lawn maintenance. Uh Everything on the exterior, the common grounds. Landscaping, security. All, do you know what? Like, I think about what I pay to keep my house going. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, to me, that's a bargain. Right. Because when I'm looking at if I'm paying $500 in dues that cover water, sewer, and garbage, that's half my bill at home. Right. Yeah. Sort of a forced budgeting. You know, yeah. Forced savings for that. It is a well. forced savings. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're not... They're not all evil. <laughs> I don't no. know why everyone makes them sound like. And the thing is, is in those kinds of living situations, like the client I was describing earlier, one of the reasons he was looking at that building was because he wants to be able to travel. And owning a single family home is less viable when you're trying to be gone for weeks, if not months at a time. That's right. Well, somebody's going to mow the lawn if it's a condo exactly. or a townhome. I yeah. don't want it to be me. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, we got more open house with Team Reba coming right back up talking condos and HOAs. Stay tuned for more on Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Talking condos and HOAs today. Mm-hmm. I know, fascinating. I'm sure some people are like, <laughs> but you know, if you've always wondered, or maybe you're considering a change in your circumstances, right? You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like we've got a lot of people with you know what's happened during COVID and everything, changing lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Some people are buying a condo in the city and then buying a bigger home elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So they have a footprint here, but they can go because a lot of people are doing the modified, you know, work from home, work in the city a couple days a week, that kind of thing. So this is a great option. I also see a lot of clients that have the big house in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they just are no longer can really keep it up, but they don't want to leave the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so they're going to transition to a condo as, mm-hmm. as they age yeah. you know, into that. Or maybe well, it's got a elevator or it's got some well, amenities that'll make it easier for them. I can tell you, I've had plenty of conversations with women in the retirement age 
that it's so funny because like the men always want to like go out into the country and get riding lawnmowers or something because they think that's relaxing. That yeah. sounds horrifying to me. Um, but a lot of the women, especially because in that age group currently, I mean, it's going to change demographically over the next you know mm-hmm. 30 years. Sure. Um, but traditionally, many of them were the ones taking care of the household. Mm-hmm. And so the last, I mean, my mom did this. I remember as soon as I was out of the house, she was like, I'm done cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she and my dad ate out all the time to <laughs> at restaurants and stuff. Sure. And it was she was just like, mm, if I don't have to cook, I don't want to. But these women, I was at a, a ladies' luncheon with a lot of retired women who basically were like, yeah, my husband wants to be way the heck out there. And they're like, that sounds terrible to me. They're like, I want a place down in the city where I can walk and go see the arts. I want to do things I'm interested in. I want to have this light, you know. Now, granted, COVID has changed some of that for people, mm-hmm. but as things go back to some version of normalcy, mm-hmm. people are still going to want to get back into the interests they've had, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of women in particular um, tend to gravitate towards these types mm-hmm. of things. Like if, sure. they, if they don't want to have to worry about fixing everything and, you know, this is a great option. Mm-hmm. And it's not just women who feel that way. I can tell you no. younger generations of men do not have the skills you, my friend, over there on the other side of the sneeze screen, have. <laughs> a lot right. of people don't know how to... Ask me what I was doing last night. You know, I was installing... Uh, sh- okay. Uh, I don't even have to ask you. You're going to tell wiring. me. I was wiring. I was doing my electrical uh, hat on yeah, last night. There but, you go. No, but you know what? I want to say also some of our, mm-hmm. our um, younger uh, homeowners, mm-hmm. they don't drive. No. You know, they don't own cars. Yeah. And and so it's nice to be in a it's neighborhood close in. where you can walk to things or, mm-hmm. or take a, a quick, you know, Uber or Lyft or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so so there's, Yeah, I there's, have more and more people who ask for that specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. My clients who moved here from Japan, that was 100% what they wanted. Are you you're not are you supposed there's a walk index and you've poo-pooed that. No, no, no. Are you just no, can't it's called talk walk about score. It or walk score. You're not supposed to talk about it or it's okay no. to talk about. No, I could talk about walk score. Oh, okay. All right. What you're you're confusing. I actually just listened to one of those shows where we talked about that the other day. I said you can't in descriptions of properties oh, talk about walkable to this or that. I you can it. say has a walk score of because I that's a see. website that you can refer somebody to. Okay. But you but can't the, say you can walk to this right, because that the would walk be offensive to, to somebody who's it's not. not offensive. It's about being non inclusive of gotcha. other abled individuals. Gotcha. Because not everybody can walk. Of course. Just like my dad the last several years right. of his life, right? Yeah. Like that would be, you know, well, kind of a hurtful and or non-inclusive way to describe something for him. Yeah. So um, so anyway, yeah, no, walk score, definitely. That's why you see all the downtown condos mm-hmm. say walk score of 92, walk score 95, walk score 98, walk mm-hmm. score 89. Mm-hmm. And those are also useful if you're trying to, you know, rent a place or, you know, what have you sure. um, for people who are coming in and they don't, they don't know, you know, much about the area. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can say about walk score though, is that um, because it became a paid for site, there's a lot of stuff that's not on it. Mm-hmm. It's also now owned by that big R name. Uh, so gotcha. yeah, I tried to, get my R name, the Remax brand to buy it years ago, but um, mm-hmm. they didn't go for it. Oops. So somebody else scooped it up. Gotcha. There's a lot of consolidation in my industry right now, I mean, right? Like yeah, Zillow sure. just bought showing time and that's got everyone's arms up. Mm-hmm. But um, anyhow, we'll do a different show about that when that kind of settles. Cause they're still fighting about whether or not they can continue with that. But um, go, I want to go back to the reserve study. 
Sure. Okay. So the reserve study is, yes, it's a fairly expensive thing to get done the first time. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they bring a team of engineers or experts in particular areas, whether it's plumbing, someone who can look at the, Mm -hmm. you know, hardscape, uh, the building envelope, the home HVAC system. Like a mega home inspection. It's a super mega home inspection, mm-hmm. but on a much bigger scale commercial. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about that. One, when you're buying one of these condos, your home inspector is not licensed to give you advice about this, mm-hmm. by the way. They can take a look and kind of see if they can point out some things that maybe you want to then go look at that reserve study and look at the meeting minutes and other things that have to do with the management of that property, like how they've been budgeting, mm-hmm. what they've been maintaining, what they're talking about, what might be coming up for maintenance. Mm-hmm. But you can't ask your licensed home inspector because they have a very finite list of things that they can do. Right. And they are not building engineers. No, they're really just looking at the inside of your unit. Exactly. Or are there things that... Yeah, and they can you. give you some ideas and tips. And so like we just had a client who was looking like, she read in some of the notes that a unit up above may have had an issue and it may have impacted the ceiling of her unit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's, that was what I was talking to her about on the way here to the show. Cause she was like, yeah, I asked the inspector to take a look at it. We were trying to see from the outside if there was something that we could see. We didn't know where it was coming from. And then we also talked about the water heaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so there's what you're responsible for and what they're responsible for. And that building says the water heaters are the responsibility of the individual unit owners because they each have their own water heater. But not bigger buildings might have a boiler system and they Mm -hmm. have central water. Right. Now that's a different story on who is responsible for Mm -hmm. what. Sure. right? Right. Because you have a common element, which is the plumbing, if it's a boiler system and central water Mm -hmm. or you have the individual unit, which if you don't have a building that requires, because uh, you don't, some of these buildings don't require the owners to have homeowners insurance for their unit. Right. And so some people being cheap or just not being knowledgeable might forego doing it. Right. Well, and, and just with respect to water heaters, mm-hmm. a lot of buildings have restrictions on how old your water heater can be. And that's what she and I talked about. Fail. Yeah. So her building that she's buying into had language that said responsibility of the unit owners if they allowed their water heater to fail and it damaged another unit, mm-hmm. but yet they didn't have that time restriction. And it didn't necessarily have a unit insurance Mm. coverage element. It just Mm -hmm. said, here's your liability. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you and I have had a couple of different insurance providers here on the show. And we've talked about the fact that you can get condo insurance Mm -hmm. pretty inexpensively. And also, even if there are potential assessments, there's some assessment deductible coverages that's right that are out there it's called ho6 yeah so you want to make sure that you're asking the right questions when you're going into this but that reserve study as these engineers are out there and they're looking at all these components of your complex they're coming up with what is the end of life and replacement cost Mm -hmm. you know what's the typical maintenance what you know what do you have and then they work backwards into Mm -hmm. what that looks like in the hey here's a recommended what your reserves should be like to fully fund this Mm -hmm. 
and or then they'll give you partial things as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like they've only been doing this since 2012. This building my client's looking at is from 1996. So if they only started their reserve schedule in 2012, well, nine years later, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to play a little catch up mm-hmm. based on yeah. what the, the latest is, right? And nothing wrong with that. It's definitely worth looking at. Here's the other thing is once they start getting on a better schedule like that and trying to avoid large special assessments, mm-hmm. then you may have, like I had one other client where they had a short term because of some wind driven rain issues, they had a short term special assessment and then they went back down mm-hmm. because they were able to get financing to fix the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they had a temporary rise. And then once it was paid off, they went back down. So sometimes those higher HOA dues are actually almost better for you in the long run because it puts the project on a better financial footing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've had lots of hot HOA talk today. Yes. Hope you're doing a little footwork around that. And uh, next week, if you want to know more, we're going to be on the same topic on Open House with Team Reba. That's right. Have a great weekend.